Each Sunday night, I'd watch the practice with none of my friends. I'd turn the dial to ABC to see the creep of the week that Bobby Donald defends. But I'm out of practice. With your host, Keith Varney. The birds from melting. Out of Potentially ourselves because there's no AC. Out of practice. And welcome to the Out of Practice podcast detailing David E. Kelly's Emmy Award winning show, The Practice. And we are up to season two, episode 16, Truth and Consequences. And Degs, you don't have air conditioning? Oh, in your bedroom. Well, I do. But in the search for a more perfect podcast, I've decided nobody wants to hear that in the background. Oh, well, if it makes you feel any better, I'm not turning mine off. I can't hear yours, though. So you've got some sort of a good... uh microphone situation happening it is a good microphone situation but yeah no i nobody i I think what would be more audible than the air conditioner would be the sounds of me sweating which you don't think would actually make a sound but i feel like i'd be like charlie brown you'd see like the drops flying off in every possible direction um i feel like this week could be our first you know i don't want to say it out loud but i feel like we can get through an episode without having to stop four to six times Well, now that you said it, we're totally fucked. You know that. I know. I'm going to try to go back into the legal Hulu ripping this week. So hopefully that doesn't just squash us all. That's right. Well, you are back in town. So I ask you this every week because I never listen. You are done with the Candor and Ebb thing now, right? Candor and Ebb is done. I'm back home. I'm excited to be back home. And uh, yeah, I have to. It's my one day of nesting before I have to like. What do they say? Go back to work. Oh, God. So are you excited to play the clip of you singing from Candor and Ebb? Well, I have it on my phone here, and it's it's real bad. I can't wait. Uh, I, I tried to like put it by a speaker somewhere, but I don't know that it worked so well. Let's see if I can just pull up something here. I have 25 minutes of just random recording, so let's see what oh, we can hear. Let's listen to all 25. So far, it sounds amazing. This is Mr. Cellophane. This is you? Yeah. So quiet. From basically the corner across the street. Amos usually played by a giant fat guy, and you are a skinny Italian. (laughs) 
and then what happened? I really milked it. I really milked it. It really, it really it's really lost something in the um in the translation. <laughs> no, it sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I, I wish I'd seen it. That would have been awesome. I, I you, I would love to see your Mister Cellophane. It was pretty well, good. Look, I, I, my the one review received gave it the highest marks possible, Keith. Hey, how about that? Uh, George Hearn came to see it. George Hearn came to see it? Yeah, he lives up there, so it was kind of... No kidding. You know what my reaction was? Normally, you'd be like, oh, that's cool. My reaction was, oh, no. George Hearn, if you don't know, most of you would know from playing Sweeney Todd in the version they filmed with Angela Lansbury from the original production, although he was not the original. He was the guy they filmed on tour in Los Angeles and uh, has done many other... Tony nominated turns. Nice guy too. Very nice guy. Uh, he was very polite. Oh, I'm not recording one of the things I need to record, so I'm going to pause right here. Oh, you know, after you just said you don't want to stop four times, what are you gonna do, Keith? And just like that, I'm louder. How, how amazing! That's what everybody wanted. I was, you know, I, the, the most feedback I get is like, "Oh, it's really great. I just wish that there were thirty percent more mic." Well, guess what? All that can mean is... Dreams come true. Some bad clarinet for you. <laughs> I hear some drum fills. Um, anyway... <laughs> <I've got my baby. laughs> what are we uh, talking about? How some... That's some good radio there, huh? How's summer in the city been? Oh my god, hot as balls. Oof. I uh, I'm looking out my window here where I have my uh, my doves, which I built a uh, an enclosure for them. And so I have a pair of nesting doves who have their nest there and their uh, their babies just hatched. And so the parents are swapping off sitting on their children who they're not thrilled about it. But uh, I I feel so bad for them. Uh, in this heat, so I built them a shelter that puts them in shade the whole time, and I put out water there. But they, I, they probably think I'm an idiot because they're like, "We're animals. We live out here." No, they're just trying to. I think they appreciate it. I, I would think. I would hope so. I mean, you know, I, I'm not doing this if I don't get some gratitude from the birds. That's fair. I think that's fair. Um, <laughs> Keith, I wanted to let you know that all is well with the world because not but an hour to two hours after. Uh, Recording our last episode. This happened. Filings and subpoenas. Filings and subpoenas. Filings and subpoenas. Filings and subpoenas. I anticipated your needs with a jingle. I appreciate that. You know, we had been complaining that uh, a one Tom Brady had not been writing into the podcast as of well, late. I mean, he's getting ready for training camp. I'm sure he's uh, doing lots of workouts and... Eating lots of green smoothies. Lots of green smoothies, exactly. Uh, but regardless, he he finally wrote back. Oh, good. Um, with an incredible picture, which I'm showing to the camera now. <laughs> which no one can see. No, but we're going to, we'll put it on the Instagram. And what is that Instagram? The Instagram is at Out of Practice Podcast. Same as our Facebook. So easy to find. Anyway, Tom Brady wrote us at Out of Practice Podcast at gmail.com. To let us know that he's sorry that I've been out of touch. I've been busy lately with my newest hobby. Cracking rims of every Honda, Fort Sp Honda Fit Sport I see. 
<laughs> so I got behind on your show, but I'm catching up now. Much love. And then he hilarious. He gave a link to a HondaTech.com support forum, all about <laughs> cracked rims and what you can do about them and whether or not you can <laughs> file insurance claims. <laughs> oh my God, Tom Brady! Not only the winningest uh, Super Bowl quarterback of all time, except for against my Giants, is a. <clears throat> You know, he's, he's a little bit of both. He will crack your rim, but then he'll help you figure out how to fix it. So, really, he giveth and he taketh away. Yeah, this image is of Tom Brady basically wearing a choke collar and being real uh-huh. bad, real, being real badass. So, uh, <laughs> thanks to Tom Brady for uh, lending a hand. and for- thanks, for, thanks for writing in. Give me a chance to play the jingle. You know, I, I spent at least 20 minutes on that. I want a chance to play it. Not only is he listening, but he's up-to-date listening. So he's he been with us yeah. from the beginning. So Or he's caught up and he's now with us in real time. So thanks, Tom. Uh, whatever you... And you know how uh, a couple of weeks ago, I actually gave Tom's email address on the air, which we edited out? <laughs> which I made you cut. <laughs> But I thought, you know what, I'm going to just do a quick Google for this person's name that is attached to the Gmail address to just see if they're a real person. To see if it's it's your mother. Yeah. And then I quickly realized how dumb I was, which happens a few times a day, because the person's last name attached to the Google account is Thompson, which I thought was like, oh, Thompson, it's probably a real person. But then I realized much like, you know, uh, how they used to do in the... uh, what was that called? Like Eric Eric the Red. He was what was that? Uh... Braveheart? <laughs> yeah, it's like that. You know, the, the, your last name used to be basically your father's name and then you're the son. So And like the occupation. Uh, yeah. I'd... Yeah, yes. So have you just described last names to us? <laughs> well, this person's last name is Thompson as in Tom's son, Tom Brady's uh-huh. son, relaying which further trolled me because I was going to Google clearly a fictitious person who is trolling the shit out of me. So, <laughs> thank you (laughs) i think it still might be your mother it could no my it could be she does miss me she wrote me an email to tell me she missed me oh that was cute that's very sweet then she's like drive four hours to visit and i'm like hell no (laughs) (laughs) anyway what else should we talk about well you know we are talking about Something important that happened on January 12th, 1998. And uh, I I think it's a, just about time for us to hear about... This Day in the Basement. So tell me, what was going on in your basement on January 12th, 1998, another Monday? My brother and I... Instead of watching Monday Night Football, what were you doing? We were watching Monday Night Raw. <laughs> which is the WWE, well, at the time, WWF programming. Right. Uh, and this, the, the, the late 90s, also was known as the Attitude Error. This is when they weren't really catering to children anymore, and the content became a little more sexual, a little more adult-themed. And one of the greatest stars of all time, it, definitely in the upper echelon of professional wrestling talent. Was it Norma Desmond? No, it was The Rock. Oh, The Rock! A movie star now, but at the time he was at the top of his game in the WWF. Oh, and he do. You, do you have a clip? I do have a clip of The Rock doing what he does best, which is just randomly sort of improving what they call a promo before a match. And so I thought we'd listen to a bit of The Rock doing his thing and see how well it holds up. I would love to hear that. He is 
the world's strongest man with a now before the We can't hear that, can we? We can okay. for wearing the Rocky Sucks t shirt. Oh, the buffer. Keith, oh. why don't you tell me about your the day in the basement while I fix this for myself? <laughs> why you buffer that? Well, you know, I, I, I will point out that I actually have written The Rock a part in a screenplay. Really? Yeah, like literally The Rock playing himself in a screenplay that I wrote. Okay. So, uh, Rock, if you're listening, or, or, or if Tom Brady, I'm sure you have The Rock in your phone, tell, uh, tell The Rock he has a part. In a, uh, in, a, in a charming little indie film that I've written that d- only exists as a screenplay. Wow, I wonder if The Rock's busy or if he's available to do your... He should be available. I mean, I- I'm sure he's just desperately looking for screenplays written by complete nobodies that involve basically him playing a, a version of himself that makes fun of himself. <laughs> Keith, my concern here is that for some reason nothing's routing the right places when we're getting back into this so the youtube that you can hear however to me it's playing through my television speaker for some reason but as long as you can hear it i'm just gonna let it play (laughs) okay they share something with with all the rocks fans you know last week the pittsburgh steeler quarterback cornell stewart called the rock and he said rock Cordell what Stewart. What do I got to do to go to the Super Bowl and become a champion? Well, hell, before The Rock could call Cordell back, he went and called that old goat Joe Paterno, and he got advice from him. And now, look, neither one of them are champions like The Rock. <laughs> Take that, Cordell Stewart. <laughs> he just, so we got a Joe Paterno reference. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. They must be in Pittsburgh this evening because he's making fun of the Steelers. Right, right. Cordell Stewart, nicknamed Slash, because he was a quarterback who played running back, wide receiver, returned kicks, I think. And uh, he had just beaten the Patriots 7-6 to that weekend. Interesting. And then uh, the loss, he subsequently lost to John Elway and the Denver Broncos. I will have you know, I know that off the top of my head, I did not look that up because I remembered it from last week. Well, uh, yeah, so I would let that play, but it's going to buffer forever, and people are already annoyed at me because I didn't pre-buffer it. Um, So, yeah, that's what I was doing. Me and my brother, not only did we uh, watch wrestling, but we had uh, about 600 action figures, and we we had our own, the Universal Wrestling Federation. We would do our own pay-per-views, and we would keep a logbook of all the matches that our figures would fight. Oh and, my uh, god, that sounds awesome. Sometimes we would charge our friends 10 cents to 25 cents to come and watch us do it. <laughs> uh, you were running a racket of playing with action figures. Yep. That's uh, no, amazing. We definitely uh, broke some IP law there, but it's all good. <laughs> that's true. Started charging for it. <laughs> well, that's exciting. Yeah, what about you, man? My, you were probably watching football at Piers. Uh, well, no, actually, what I realized is at this time, I was beginning college auditions. And so I was, because uh, I, I, I looked at, I wasn't sure exactly when, but I looked, I uh, went to the school I went to and looked at when their auditions are, and it's starting now, oh. sort of January, February. So um, I would traveled to Boston, New York, Philadelphia, and Rochester auditioning for schools. 
And we all heard how how your technique was, so Oh, it was <laughs> my uh my sounding like I'm singing English by a non-English speaker. Yes, that. Yeah, no. Well, it, it's true cuz because I I sang in English, German, and French, and it didn't sound like I'd ever heard any one of those languages <laughs> when I sang. How many colleges did you audition for? We uh, fans of the show might know that you attended the Eastman School of Music, but what else? Did, where else did you audition? I did. I also uh, auditioned at Manhattan School of Music, New England Conservatory, uh, Curtis, and um, DePaul. At Mercyhurst, that that was my safety school, mm. um, and uh, yeah. So the, the they're all sort of interesting stories. Maybe I'll split them up. But the uh, one of the ones that I enjoyed most was the Manhattan audition. Um, not mainly because I got to come down to New York City and I saw the original production of Miss Saigon near the okay. end of its run at the Broadway Theater, currently home to King Kong through August eighteenth. But uh, yeah, my my grandfather, my grandparents actually took me down to that one because my parents couldn't go. Um, so we got to uh, go and see. It seems so completely overwhelming. Um, but it was uh, it was fine. It was. I mean, it was, it's a very good school. My aunt went there, was okay. an alumnus, and right. uh, but it was stressful. I will admit it was stressful. Well, aren't they all? So, uh, yeah, so that's what I was doing. I'll tell you about my other auditions later, because we have a lot of episodes to fill. So many episodes. But let's now talk more about what was going on in the world on January 12th, 1998. And we have a new number one song. Thank Thank the Lord. We are done with uh, John. That's too loud. Kids, see if you can recognize what this song is by the generic introduction. That very annoying voice is the lead singer of Savage Garden singing truly, madly, deeply. Which was the top song. Oh man, I went roller skating with so many girls to this song. Oh, yo, this is totally a roller rink jam. Oh, they put on the slow one. See see if you can get the girl to dance with you. Oh, I'm living my 90s dreams right now. (laughs) Seriously. Well, and after you went to the roller rink, you could have taken her to Titanic, which was in its third week of dominance. Just getting started. Took in another $30 million to see if Jack could stay on that board. Alright, so are you a Jack could have gotten on the border? Or a he had to die. Didn't make any sense to me in the theater. I kept waiting for the. I, I didn't understand why he had to die. Yeah, no, it made no sense. No. But you know, we had to have our emotional moment. Keith, here in a the, story. The uh, headline was, oh. of the Burlington Free Press, following up on the ice storm we talked about previously, still that huge headline saying more than seven thousand lack power and crowded shelters are expected. In Vermont. Now, of course, 7,000 feels like nobody, but for Vermont, that's a lot of people, and it was January in Vermont, so it was cold. It was actually a pretty big uh, pretty big deal up there. Well, here, Keith, in Astoria, Queens, it was only 38 degrees, so it was, uh, it was pretty balmy for January. Well, you know, it depends. You know, speaking of uh, losing power, 
Ah, this yes. week in uh, this week in New York City in Midtown, the power went out on a Saturday night, knocking out about half of Broadway. But I, it, Jen's show was still up because she was below forty fourth, right? Yes, she was one of four shows on or off Broadway that actually ran. That actually kept going. Yep. All right. Well, a lot more than seven thousand people were out of power. Yeah, a lot of people were <laughs> pissed too. No, it was funny. I was I I was watching it on Facebook and like all the people getting a, a snow day from their shows. They were excited. Lots of shots. A lot of people just doing shots. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Basically, the minute the power went out, everyone on Broadway started doing shots immediately. They have like an emergency, in, in case of emergency, break this glass and start doing shots. That, you know, seems about right. Sounds about right. Keith, I can't help it anymore. I need to watch this episode. Okay, well, let's get into... This episode, we are watching Season 2, Episode 16, entitled Truth and Consequences. It was written by our good friend David E. Kelly, series creator, with Joseph Teleshkin and Alan Estrin, who are the two writers, two of the three writers who wrote The Civil Right. It was directed by Stephen Craig, who directed... Uh, many other TV things, including How to Get Away with Murder, Nashville, Grey's Anatomy, ER, Chicago Hope, The Wonder Years, and Doogie Howser. Hmm, okay. But this was the first episode of The Practice that he directed. Well, I think it's important that we discuss what Mike thinks gonna happen. Where's your guitar? You're at home now. There's no excuse. Get your guitar. It's still in the car, Keith. It's still in the car. I just got home. There's like six guitars hanging behind you. None of them are strung or tuned. <laughs> no excuses. Play, play one that's not strung. Okay, hold on. <laughs> we are No Excuses Podcast, honestly. So as we, uh, as we watch Dex go and grab a guitar off the wall, does it have strings? Does it not have strings? We're about to find out. Oh, it's so fancy. It's got colors all over it. This is my uh, this is my Superman guitar. I uh, actually decoupaged it. <laughs> <laughs> now this is why we do this, kids. We do this so we can find out that Degs has a Superman decoupaged guitar. Yeah, I bought this guitar uh, for like thirty dollars at a pawn shop, and I just like put comics on it. Uh, amazing. All right, let's. <laughs> what does Mike think's gonna happen? That's pretty appropriate, oh. actually. <laughs> no, totally. That was a, some good down-home Superman uh, song, yeah. Uh, Aren't you happy I didn't let him off the hook, guys? Wait, speaking of Superman, wasn't the 90s, wasn't it around this year, around this time when that weird Superman, uh, that, that, what was the name of that band? The Crash Test Dummies had that Superman song? Oh, Crash Test Dummies, Once absolutely. there I was this... Uh, uh, Superman never made, made any money, money from fighting the world from Solomon Grundy. <laughs> yeah, no, you know, I saw them live. Get the hell out of here. I totally did. When I was in college in Rochester, and this was after they were back down on, like, the downswing, after the, uh, the big hit, uh, but I, w I actually was sort of a fan of theirs. and They, they had more than those two songs? What's that? Do they have more than those two songs? Yeah, they have a couple albums. 
And uh, so they they played a free concert in this like concrete shell in Midtown Rochester, which at that point was like a war zone. I can't I can't believe they were able to like <laughs> they dared do a concert in there. But I went with my girlfriend at the time, and we sat down. And we watched uh, Crash Test Dummies play a live show. It was really fun. So that song came out in 1991. So we're well off there. We're we're well off, but it was still the 90s. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It was a decade. But but this actually is about when I saw them. It was probably oh, 99 or 2000 when I saw them live. Well, he'd cut his hair. It was weird. That is weird. What I think is going to happen. See, there is no uh, previously on this week, and so all I really have to go by is the name of the episode, which is Truth and Consequences, and the uh, cast, which is listed in order of appearance, I believe. And I see that we see Dylan, Jimmy, and Rebecca are the first few people we're going to see. So I think that either one of the three of those is going to get into some trouble. That's my guess today. Either Jimmy, Rebecca, or Bobby is going to get in trouble, and we have to help them get out. Well, if you remember from last week's episode, our good friend Bobby had been charged with murder. <laughs> so maybe not him. So I'm going to say Jimmy or Rebecca are going to be featured this episode. Okay, well, let's go. Truth and consequences. The biggest question right now is what will be the consequences of me not pre-buffering this episode? Oh, no. Let's find out. Power lines. We said five thousand for discovery, and you're up to ninety-three hundred. We're just about done. Last depot tomorrow morning. Pre-trial in the afternoon. We're basically ready to go. Who's the expert on liability? You're basically ready to go, and you haven't got any expert testimony to make your case. I'm meeting a guy who did the major studies. I think he could help. So we are continuing our cancer cluster story There's no case. There's people with cancer to feel sorry for, but there's no case. Thanks for the exposition, Bobby. Hi. $10 on 16 Super. Thanks. Okay, so Rebecca's at a gas station. Apparently she uses Super. Sing. Somebody holding up a store. Oh shit. This guy wearing a hood, he's got a gun. Oh boy. Really oh, and here. the dude just got shot. Yikes. Now I wonder what percentage of store uh pickups actually end in somebody being shot on TV versus in real life. Because every time you see a stick up in, on TV, somebody's gonna die. This music is crazy. It's terrible. Rebecca, you shouldn't go in there. Well, I guess she's checking on him. That makes sense. Yeah. Clark is toast. She picks up the phone. Alright, well... You know, sometimes nothing happens in the teaser, but shit went down. We 
we really, really jumped in on it there. Yeah, we definitely did. Get so it, uh, now what does Mike think is going to happen? Do you think Rebecca could be blamed for it since she was... Or maybe the mob's going to come after her, whoever, whoever she... I don't know, Keith. I guess I just... I guess the answer is I don't know. Okay. All right. Well, those are some very good guesses. You know, this theme song's really starting to grow on me now. It's, you know, it's a good jam. Mm, 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 mm. The laser sounds. Now, just feel like part of it. All right. She called the police. Well done, Rebecca. Right, right. Couple of bystanders. Excuse me. Did you see that old lady extra just really overdoing it? There's a lot of bad extra in right here. Oh yeah. Oh, they're excited. Here comes Eugene wearing a uh, chapeau. If she's okay with it, we'd appreciate her going through the book. You okay with it, back? You looking at some mugshots? Yeah. Sure. Is she okay? She's yeah, Bobby, she's fine. She was up all night looking at mugshots and couldn't make out anybody. Did I just see uh, Anna Gunn's gonna be in this episode? She's Jimmy's back. Depot. Yeah. Eleanor's yeah. in one of Did any doctor tell you the cancer came from exposure you know, to power lines? No, sir. Oh, hold Did on, hold on. I have medical profession. I have something so important. I have electromagnetic oh, fields could have been a factor. No, sir. Conspiracy theory. Okay, I actually have a conspiracy theory about this episode. Which, and, for the record, we've are only four minutes in, and we've had numerous technical issues, so... Uh, <laughs> conspiracy theory is, we suck at this. Yeah, which is the no. first time that's ever happened, though. Oh, definitely. No, we have never, ever had any sort of technical snafu, or confusion, or incompetence. It's first time, very confusing. All right, so if you've been watching the season thus far, and then you get to this episode, one thing looks distinctly different about this episode. And that is, after the previous episode was so desaturated, it was practically black and white. This episode looks much more saturated. It yes. looks more like, like regular television. So my conspiracy theory is... There was probably a break between last episode and this episode, and they might have gotten some notes from the network saying, hey, we broadcast in color, please use some. Or did they potentially change DPs? That is also a possibility. A, a better podcast, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Wasn't that your homework? <laughs> My homework? I've already done so much homework. So much homework. All of the work. In your interrogatories, you said <laughs> it was a PTA meeting. Come on! You, quote, gave you the idea. Yes. Yeah, could you please describe that PTA meeting? I was talking to Leslie Dawson, and she told me she had melanoma. She it's was like sharing her much secret more because... Well, That's what I'm she saying. felt some relief in Jimmy telling Jimmy looks people. like he's a human. When she told me, I gave her my secret. I had brain cancer. Oof. Okay. And then how did you make the leap that it was caused by power lines? Object to the form. You can answer. Well, I had read before that power lines, it was thought they could be radioactive. 
and a uh, power lines field practically ran right through our neighborhood. So I thought, who knows? I decided, hell, I'll just walk around the neighborhood and ask people. I started with my next door neighbor, Jerry. That's smart. Jerry answered the door and said, hey, Kevin, what's up? I said, I have brain cancer. What's new with you? He uh, had a tumor in his head that was inoperable. He didn't want to tell anybody. Man, that's a shitty neighborhood did, visit if you got to make it. Right? And then what happened? I remember thinking, oh, my God, there's cancer all through this neighborhood. All I wanted to do was rush home and get my wife and kids tested. I didn't care about his tumor. I didn't have time. Now, all actually, was my speaking family. of the possible DP, we all went into the, hospital the shots, day. the reaction shots of Eleanor in this scene are completely out of focus. Hmm. Which is and, baffling. Uh, but meanwhile, this is tests. a great performance by Ellis Williams. And the results we, of those tests. These are the four victims we introduced last oh, episode, yes. along with our folk singing lawyer on the opposition My side. My seven-year-old boy had leukemia. Wow. Everyone's speechless. <gasps> She's so out of focus. See, so out of focus, right? I'm sorry. Is there is there any reference to this in the, in the pleadings? No. Could you tell me why not? Because when I sat down to tell him that he was really sick, he knew he was dying. He said, Daddy, please don't tell anybody. Yes. Great performance by Ellis Williams. You, you caught him. <laughs> we think. You up to a lineup? Oh, Rebecca B. Cricket's yeah. got to go in front of the lineup. Oh, I suppose we can. Here we go. But before we do that. <laughs> Detective talking to Rebecca. <laughs> Guy who looks like he's an outtake from sort of a mob movie. Sounds good. <laughs> You know, it's funny, I now that I've done so many of those who's that whatever, I realized, why did I put it so fucking high? Keith. When I'm just doing a jingle, it doesn't matter. But have you met yourself? Everything I, well, you I record is that, high as hell. If I realized I was going to have to do da, 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 a thousand times, like I would have put it lower because it's kind of ridiculous. <laughs> Welcome to Knowing Keith. Yeah, right? Oh, I can't help myself. All right, so that is Ray Abruzzo. Playing oh. Detective Michael McGuire. Now, this detective is going to be with us for 44 more episodes. Is this his first appearance? He does this look... This is his first appearance. Okay. Um, you would also know him from Transparent. He was on The Sopranos. Yes, Transparent. That's where I know him from. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was on Night Court and Dynasty. So here's what... This is, again, blows my mind about the David E. Kelly verse... So he does 44 episodes of The Practice as this character. Now, once The Practice finishes, they take half of the cast and do the spin-off Boston Legal. Basically, you know, with, a, with characters built in this world. And Abruzzo plays a different character on Boston Legal. Mm. 44 episodes. I get it. Like, you know, it's like Law and Order. Everyone does like three or four episodes, different characters. But this guy's like, he's a recurring character. She's got a Chapeau on, too. She does indeed. 
Go all the way to the left. Show me the money. Stand at the marks facing right. Boo. Number one, turn and face Here's forward, the please. All right, Degs, can you you tell me Number who two, it is based on the lineup? See, if you were a good witness. I was a terrible witness. I don't. I was looking at my my, my audio monitor. <laughs> Although Rebecca seems certain. Well, they did zoom in on him pretty <laughs> abruptly, so. We just did a nostril flare. That, that's him. Take your time. Are you sure? That's him. Am I done? Done. Well, good job, honor, three, four, five, and six. You're off the hook. Taken judicial and notice of scientific studies? Yes, well, this wouldn't be such an occasion unless he can cross-examine the proponents a good of the boom study. boom shot through the court. They live in Sweden. We have no way of getting them here. But that's your problem, not his. I can't let you put in scientific evidence without giving the defense opportunity to take their wax. The Swedish study is excluded. What uh, uh, the plaintiff's witness list, Your Honor, has not been completed pursuant to your order. It's completed, except for maybe one witness. There's possibly maybe one more we could add. Other than that, it's... Are you serious? That guy's tune was so The reason so the great, witness man. list is that, so the other side knows what's coming. Jam was so good. I understand, Judge, but <laughs> so far... I'll give you the 10 a.m. tomorrow. After that, the list is frozen. No additions. Anything else? Yes, Your Honor, I'd like to suggest that we bifurcate the trial into two phases, liability and damages. I think this would save us a couple of weeks, maybe even a month. I'm inclined to agree. Your Honor, we strenuously object to that. It would completely compromise our case. I think what counsel fears is that it would make clear they have no case. May I confer with my co-counsel for a second? Make it quick. I'm still stuck on the word bifurcate. <laughs> if the trial gets split or dead, the clients won't get to testify. Why? Because their stories go to damages, not to liability, and he doesn't want the jury to hear what we just heard in the deposition, so he's trying to cut them off. I'm not following what you're saying. Jimmy, yeah, okay, wait a minute. Jimmy, how do you not follow? You are, you passed the bar. You are an attorney. I follow, and I've never passed a bar in my life. That's why I'm so fat. You have been queuing that up, Keith. I locked and loaded! <laughs> <laughs> um, tell us more, Keith, because what I'm doing currently... Uh, is I see a picture of your smiling face on my screen. Oh yeah, that's because I had to. Sh I'm trying to get this buffer out. I'm really upset about it. That's such I a friendly uh, headshot you have there. I, I prefer. I, I pay for a gajillion megabits internet. Right. And for some reason, I just I can't I can't get it to work right. I don't know. I think it's probably your computer. You think? I think the time has come. It it might well I don't know it's tough to say it, it all, could also be like your bio settings or something. Anyway, that's riveting. <laughs> You're welcome, audience. So uh, so let's talk about that headshot. Was it a? Uh, when's the last time you got him done? That looks pretty recent. That was a couple years back, I guess. Uh, Keith, you know what? Now might be a good time to do. Oh, what's that? Play that commercial. Ooh, let's play that commercial right now, right in the middle of the episode. Oh my god, it's, the world is upside down. Cats and dogs are friends. Everybody's got to pee. Everybody's got to pee. <laughs> we'll be right back after this riveting commercial. Uh, okay, so <laughs> cut the burp, please. No, you know that's not going to happen. <laughs> Look, I've had a lot of soda. All right. Uh, All right, so we should, as we get back in here, we should probably explain what Jimmy is so damn confused about. And uh, what they're trying to do, what the uh, defense attorney is trying to do, is split the case into two pieces. And that is 
the uh, the liability part, meaning did the power company cause this cancer, and the damages part, which is how much they should be paid if they cause cancer. The idea being that if you combine them, then a lot of the trial is going to be these sad stories about these people with cancer, which will make it hard, make it more likely that they will be found liable because you're tearing at the heartstrings. Um, but without it, they don't have very much of a case. So he's trying to remove the emotion from the case. Would it be a separate jury hearing the damages portion? Uh, no, it would be the same jury, but they would decide whether or not the company was liable and then hear the personal emotional stuff and determine that uh, damages. Gotcha. Smart. Yeah. But Jimmy's confused. If lose on liability, then the case is over. We don't even proceed to damages, and we don't really have also, a case on liability. Them. Your Honor, we... Uh... You can't hear them? No. Not at all. Of course you can't. <laughs> of course you can't. Uh, I will not be listening to this episode. <laughs> you should totally hear it. I don't hear it at all. You should totally hear it. I can see it, but I can't hear it. Of course they do, Your Honor, because oh, there they're it is. planning to use emotion to make up for their lack of evidence. Well, you don't know what we're doing. Do you? I have to say, Mr. Whoa, Jimmy got jimmied. If you're planning to parade a lot of sad, sick cancer victims before a jury without evidence of causation, I won't let you. Moreover, judicial economy is something I take very seriously. I'm granting the defense counsel's request. Thank you, Your Honor. I move for an interlocutory appeal immediately. I'll kick you upstairs and you can do it this afternoon. That should be immediate enough. But you're not buying any more time on witness lists. That's frozen. Adjourn. Wow. Jimmy. Get away from me. Jimmy? Eleanor, get out of my face for a minute. I just need a second. Which you're not going to get. Is he pissed because she made him look foolish? He's pissed because... Yeah, probably that and he lost. All right, Jimmy, it is time now to take shut that, up books. and listen. I don't All care right, so feelings, Bobby punches boxes and Jimmy punches books. First, even trying to get the Swedish study admitted is stupid. Of course the judge can't allow it if the defense can't cross-examine. And even by asking, you undermine your credibility. Not to mention, you make the case seem that much more desperate. So Jimmy took on this huge case, and and they just keep hammering home the point that he has no fucking idea what he's doing. Yeah, but meanwhile, why is Eleanor surprised by all of this stuff? She She's acting all blindsided. Like, is she not also in the case? Did she not go to the planning meeting? Why doesn't she know what's going on? And second... Where the hell were our clients? They didn't need to be here. Not for a pretrial conference. Oh, you think it would have been easier for the judge to slap us if you had to see their eyes staring back at him? Judges are human, too. And without our people in the room, you made it a lot easier for him to be impersonal. All right. This is what we're going to do. You are going to track down that expert witness, and I'm going to go find Lindsay. Jimmy has the biggest kick-me sign of all time. Any chance it appeals. We need our presentation to come from somebody who's got a good reputation. She's got one. You don't. Come on. Let's move. You'll have time to feel sorry for yourself later. Wow. She's got a point, though. Like, a lot of... There was a lot of... Yeah, We need the motion scheduled for A lot of pity me there. There was, but, like... It's just literally the entire universe is, like, designed to kick Jimmy in the balls. Scheduled for Friday and we're home free. Thank you. Hey, we're back at the office. Rebecca sitting. Yeah. The guy has just walked in. Hey, he's from Breaking Bad. Yeah, I'm here about my he sure Luis. is. He's in some legal trouble. What kind of trouble? When you just picked him out of a lineup just a few hours ago, now the police think that he killed somebody. 
Well, he did kill somebody. Miss Washington, I'm sure that you're mistaken. I'm sure I'm not. Okay, let's do it. Guy who was really intimidating. Guy from Breaking Bad. Okay, so this guy who was the brother of the guy who killed the guy in the gas station trying to intimidate Rebecca is Raymond Cruz, who, as you have astutely pointed out, played Tuco Salamanca on Breaking Bad. Uh, fantastic actor. He, uh, was also, he was a regulars on The Closer, Major Crimes, he was on My Name is Earl, and he was in Alien Resurrection. Raymond Cruz is always good. Actually, he's always bad. He's always a bad guy, but... Well, he's bad, but he's good at being bad. But I would do anything to save my little brother. That a threat? Miguel Moreno... And you would be somebody who you don't want to be making threats to. <laughs> hey, I'm just asking Miss Washington to think hard about who she points a finger at. It is handy to have Eugene in the office sometimes. Yes. Tragedy. Because Raymond Cruz is a Get scary dude. Eugene is like brunch? six inches taller. You know, witnessing Say, a murder does stress you out, out, but it doesn't mean you should wear a, a sweatsuit to work. Which is what Rebecca is wearing, a full sweatsuit. She yeah, well it matches her chapeau. Yeah, her Terry Cloth chapeau. How'd they already know who the witness was? It's a good question. That is a good question. How do they know who the witness was? Police wouldn't tell the suspect's brother who picked him out of an uh, lineup. Let's run probation on him. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole purpose of having the lineup behind two-way glass. You don't know who the witness is. And what's the probable cause hearing? You have have discovered a plot hole in this entire episode. Bankruptcy court. Pager? What's the matter? Jimmy fell down at the pretrial. The judge screwed us by splitting the trial, and now we have to try the case on liability alone first, which we're appealing in 45 minutes. Where's Jimmy now? Tracking out a witness. We decided we need a little evidence. Listen, can you page Lindsay? Tell her we need her at the courthouse what right now. What a bitch. Hey, are you okay? Right, Eleanor I'm used fine. to be a nice person. What happened to her? I'm fine. Are you? Because you're dressed like Fat Albert. <laughs> Great. a really cool tracking shot here at the uh, telemarketing yeah, office. All right, Jimmy is going in. This handheld shot, less cool. So Jimmy's back trying to track down a witness, and we're going to talk about him. Clearly, it wouldn't help me. We like maybe go for a beer or something. I'm a drunk. Yeah. Good one, Jim. So you can see, well played, I Jimmy. Make a very great expert witness, would I? You're all I got. You're the one who did the studies on those power lines in Fairfield. The studies were dismissed, as was I. They had to dismiss those studies. Otherwise, they would have been looking at a thousand lawsuits and a zillion dollars in damages. I wouldn't ask. Mr. Baluti, I spent four months at McLean after a nervous breakdown. By 5.30 sharp, I am drinking. (laughs) Now, why the hell 
Would you want to rely on me? Because I'm desperate. And I got 12 clients with cancer more desperate than me. And you actually think that I can change that? What's to lose? What's to lose? I'll tell you. Even though I'm still drinking, I'm functional again. I got a day job. I put on clean underwear every day. You've just described everyone in the theater business. Mm -hmm. Either crazy about me or just crazy. I go up on that stand. It's so rare that we ever get the two people talking in a scene in the same shot. It's always these facial close-ups. My lady will read it. My ex will read it. If she fights visitation, my kid will read it. Now, I got a pretty good status quo going here. We're getting some great little monologues, though. This is going to be a a, a tricky one to sort through. Tell me my throwing that away is going to count for something in the end. All right, let's do it. That's well. He didn't sound like he was on the wagon. He was like he had one foot on the wagon. You're right. Like he's, he was. He's functionally on the wagon. He's he's a functional. All right. Well, you know. Congrats to all of us who are functional. Okay, so that is Graham Beckel or Beckel. I'm not sure which one. You have seen him in L.A. Confidential, Pearl Harbor, Leaving Las Vegas, Halt and Catch Fire, and Battlestar Galactica, Thank and an God. episode of Moonlighting. Now. One thing that I noticed here, and I did some research, I am the better podcast today. Ooh! So I looked not. through... Collectively, we're not. When going through his resume, I saw that he did uh, a Bill O'Reilly movie, Killing Lincoln, and was in Atlas Shrugged. Uh, and, and I was like, okay. that's weird. I wonder if he... Because those are sort of conservative properties. Is he conservative or just a working actor who wants to eat? Well... I checked it out, and it turns out he is conservative, and I found this out because his brother appears on the Sean Hannity's show all the time, although his brother is a Democrat, sort of, and uh, but they appeared together arguing politics. So Graham here is one of the few conservative actors out there in Trump's America. This is America. This is America. We could send some officers to warn the guy, but he hasn't said What's anything that actually arrested him. Not Lindsay. Helen. 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 Look, I can't take this dirtbag <laughs> off the street. We lost him two years ago on a homicide because the confession was coerced. I mean, we knew he shot a policeman. We just couldn't prove it, even though... Exactly. The guy's a killer. Now he has made a deadly threat. I don't care how well he's disguised it. we got to be able to do something to protect him. So not but a week she later, Bobby and their yeah. made up. arrange it for a few days. Also, Beyond it's the that, first time I've ever seen her wear something that isn't black. At the PC mm-hmm. Not good. She's in a purple shirt. The Vic is a note from the network. They want more color. Because he had gloves. Which also haven't been found. The whole case right now is Rebecca. If she doesn't testify from what I hear, we may not make probable cause. When somebody is something. They're coming in. Elevator. Oh, look at that 90s cell phone. Was the main argument. Yeah. There's no transcript. It's all about time. Saving time. All rise. That's funny, that cell Yes, phone. and don't forget there wasn't any notice. He just sprang it. Yeah. All right. All right. Maybe you okay, should so they're it. at the appeals court and the panel of judges trying to reattach the two sides of the case. Okay. The issue hot off the press, it seems, is the splitting of the trial. Yes, Your Honor's... 
We feel, as, as indeed did Judge Walsh, that an enormous amount of court time would be spent on damages, considering there are multiple plaintiffs. So, why not answer the liability question first? That's a nice Lindsay premise, but it's all based on the assumption that we lose on liability. If we win, you'll end up spending more time. You'd be asking the jury to go back and deliberate twice. You'd also probably be duplicating some of the testimony. That goes against judicial economy. If and only if you prevail on liability, which given the evidence... The reason they want the trial split is simple. We had a deposition this morning. One of our plaintiffs talked about his son having leukemia. It was emotional. It was powerful. And when it was over, Mr. West said to himself, we cannot let that witness ever take the stand. We cannot let a jury hear what we just heard. So how does he accomplish that? By splitting the trial in two. And I must say that it seems to make sense. Liability should be decided on fact, you know, counsel, not You know, along with it being and more saturated, this episode is way more lit than most of the episodes. It's much brighter. Repertoire. You see, did you bring your flag today? It's like, almost like they got it, an influx notice? of money. He didn't file any motion to split this <laughs> trial. He suddenly raised it as a suggestion and the court afford light bulbs. If we're really interested in saving time, please. I meant better crew. Better post. Now it's you assuming your own... Well, I mean... Win or the, lose, the darker style is much more contemporary. This, this is going is back to more standard to '90s lighting. They're trying to keep our clients out of the witness. Which is why I think I think but they got notes from the network. We'll get to testify if you satisfy causation, counsel. The science part of this case is going to be dry and god awful boring. By splitting the trial into two sections, you're giving the jury the option of getting out early. All they'll have to do is just say no on liability, and they get to go home. That's a good point. My clients will not get a fair trial by splitting this trial. Your clients have no case. All right, we've heard the arguments. Have we? We'll let you know end of business. Nice one, Lindsay. Yeah, Lindsay comes in, drops the mic. Thank you. I don't know, Jimmy. You were amazing. You were. So, how to go with the witness? You were amazing in that sex dream last night. Maybe I should get you to talk to him. Just try to get an offer, Jimmy. Anything. What I'm about Ooh, to say creepy, is inconsistent with everything I've ever stood for. I don't think you should ID the guy at the probable cause hearing. Jesus, Bobby. Beck, I don't think the police can protect you against this guy. He's got two aggravated assaults. They know he committed one murder. The case got tossed. They suspect oh, him on two come others. They can't on, prove. He's Bobby. A what is happening with he Bobby Donald right here? Through on his threat. What? What are Murder, rap. I, I know it sends a terrible message, and there's and there's ten reasons for you not to let him win. But Beck, I'm sitting here looking you in the eye, and I'm telling you. I'm just Your a boy could be at looking stake. at a girl, telling her not to testify. That's crazy. I mean, you don't really want to fuck with Tuco, though. Listen, I'm, uh... Yeah, but is the system so sorry, broken? Sort of lost You're sleeping with the DA and you can't find you a way to keep it. her safe? I lost it. I know what I am. I'm 37 years old. I got 700 bucks to my okay. name. Okay, Stop! Stop. Holy shit, I'm 37 years old, Keith. Yeah, but here's the thing. Three episodes ago, three episodes ago, he announced that he was 35. <laughs> In the civil right, he said he was 35. He's aging as fast as I am. Wait, so in I can't recall. That was because that was 
a couple episodes ago. Was that season one ish or that there was definitely a season one? Okay, but <laughs> they didn't think. He's like, I'm 35, and I'm like, and now he's like, I'm just 37. It's gonna be like 90 by season four. But to be fair, I just said I was 37, and I'm not. I'm 38. Oh, well, you know, we're all we're all shaving off a year or two. I'm 39. Are you 39? I am 39. Well, God damn it, Keith, what happened? Oh, what did happen? Jesus. I was hired here as a charity project, and this case is a big bone for me to chew on. I'm a failure. I got it. Jimmy, you're staying up half the night fighting for sick people. Will someone focus her? To fight for them. Please. You're spending some of your own money, too. You think you're fooling any of us? Yeah, she really ain't letting him be pity, huh? I've known bigger failures. Again, like, Eleanor's running hot and cold. Like, the last ten episodes, she's been really mean or really sweet, and sort of nothing in between. Very strange. October's matchy matchups. This also feels like a new set. Does this feel like a new set to you? Yeah. It's certainly lit differently. Yeah. Rebecca, I know but That's why we can see the color of the walls. I think and that's what I know we're, better uh, than try to convince you of anything. Seems you know a little smaller. To do. But for my money, you got to give this probable cause hearing some serious thought. Eugene, the guy committed murder and I'm the only witness. I know this. You want me to pretend I didn't see anything? Big picture, no. Looking only at you? Morning. Morning. See, it's more evidence of my conspiracy theory that there was a, oh, um, a gap between Jimmy, filming this and the last episode. And no judgment. What? What, what was the that? hell was that? I didn't open it. It was late. They just did a full-on Home Alone quick zoom to Kevin McAllister's face, or in this case, Jimmy, to like that. That oh. I've only ever seen that type of zoom used for comic effect. That is a nightmare. Did you That's terrible. Oh man, I want to go back slightly. That know. was uh don't worry, I've already gifted and oh, I will good. put it up on the social media because what the hell? What show <laughs> does they anything? think they're on? The picture no. Looking only Somehow that snuck by. We've gone back in time a little bit here, folks, cuz I yeah. need to see it again. What I was saying is Jimmy looks like he's gained weight between yeah. last episode and this episode. He also mm-hmm. Which, no judgment, coats. Lord knows I have too. Oh, um, Jimmy, this comes. came for you from the clerk's office at Appeals last night. What? What is that? <laughs> I didn't open it. I, what it was the late. hell is that shot? Do you want me to open it? What? This Who is, let that get in? That was the funniest thing I've seen. That's terrible. Power lines. Uh, it may just be a notice of parents. It's like a SpongeBob shot. That's the ruling. Whether we have to split the trial or not, the answer's right here. Jimmy, open the goddamn envelope. Well, maybe you should open it. Zoom in further. Here. Zoom in on my empty wallet. <laughs> Zoom in on the answering machine. Beep. OPS, behind them is a brand new copier. So if we hear them complaining about the old copier, we know we went back in time. 
covering his face. Jimmy does another Kevin McAllister. The decision of the trial court is hereby reversed. Liability and damage phases shall be consolidated. No split. All right. She won. Is he crying? Morning. Morning. He's going to hug Lindsay. Go on for the Lindsay hug. Basically, we'll run through the event. I'll ask you about the lineup. Hey, girl. Here she is. Here's Anna Gunn. Ready? Ready? Listen, I know you can She's back. Thank you for doing this. Thanks. Is that all she's going to get? We could put a squad car in front of her house. You know, these things usually end up... I think Bobby and Anna have been... They're usually made by people who never follow through. Previously intimate? Not dealing with such a person here. What do you want me to say, Bobby? It's what you're not saying who's talking the loudest. Now, I would just like to point this out. That uh, Skylar White is saying, don't worry about Tuco. (laughs) Right now. Rebecca. In organized crime, there's a certain code. With gangs, there is no code. They just kill to kill. They don't even think about it. Bobby, this guy, I mean, your bedside manner. He is a psycho. Like, if this were anybody else, any other client, you know you would be demanding and doing a big long speech about truth and justice. Who are we kidding? Or he'd be like, Rebecca, you can stay oh. with me for a while. I think she heard it that time. Good morning. My name is Joel Helms, and I'd like to talk to you about some and exciting news with respect to long-distance telephone service. Gene has a bad time. Can you give me your home number, and we'll be sure to call you back. Go away. Yesterday, you asked me to look at you. I did. And I thought about you last night. You reminded me a little of me, esteem-wise. Difference is, I haven't given up. You have. <laughs> this is Lean smoky as hell. I got all the Tony Robbins tapes. If he couldn't do it, I don't like your odds. You did all those studies. I'm offering you a chance to make good on them. Jingle, jingle, and I suppose you get your wings after. Jiminy Cricket. Next time you visit your kid, Mr. Holmes, you can tell him... I'm trying to stop the government from killing people. Or you could tell them I got somebody to change their long distance company today. Your yeah, paid the rent, dude. Ooh, the slow fade out. You did what? To go? I saw the man shooting the gun. So Rebecca has I opted behind to my car for cover. Testify. Now, the man Testify. doing the shooting, he was the same man you saw inside the store. Helen yes. walks in. Did you have opportunity to see this man again? Yes, at the, at the police station. Man, In a lineup. <laughs> yes. Did the man that you identified in this lineup, was he the same man that you saw inside the store? Yes. The same man who shot the attendant. <clears throat> Tuco staring her down. Yes. Ms. Washington, do you see that man in this room today? The guy who actually did the murdering is not nearly as intimidating no, as Tuco. He is not. Yes. He's like, hey, Ms. what's Washington, going on? Like, you know, could you please like point guy. at the man if you see him in this room? He still looks so nice. Yeah, I'd let him walk my dog. Him. You're it sure? looks as if she She's pointed to, to the, the guy's lawyer, sure. but 
Is there any possibility in your mind that the defendant sitting here today is not the man who shot and killed the attendant? No. That's the guy that did it. Thank you. Oh, That's Tuco, all. that look. Tuco, give him the look. That's going to get you, get you the best job of your life in a couple of years. Nothing, Judge. Ms. Ward. That's it, Your Honor. I'm finding probable cause. Defendant is bound over. Next case. Bobby's like, God damn it, I'm going to have to get a new paralegal. <laughs> Excuse me. You're one of the honorable women, I guess, huh? You're standing in our way. Like that Shakespeare character Brutus. Brutus was an honorable man. Isn't that how it went? I'm not going to ask you to move again. What happened to Brutus, huh? Yeah! Oh! He just picked him up and threw him against the wall. You've seen that. Picked him up like he was Come nothing. Speaking of Monday Night Raw. Oh, yeah. Go there first, yeah? Come on. I would not fuck take with you, Take him to my office, please. You can't take me into custody. That's custodial. I know the law, lady. You have to make an arrest. You cannot just take me away. Arrest him. Cuff him. Read him his rights. Then take him to my office. You have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. Of course, yes? the weird thing no, is, like, why would he be so blatant and I confront her literally in the hallway of the courtroom? Like, professor. that's a TV oh, thing that would never happen in real life. Kind of supported home study. I mean, after the so boing, 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 zoom shot, I'm not surprised <laughs> by anything. These guys on the witness list, if they're not going to testify? I don't know for sure that they won't, but if I don't put them on the list, I can't use them. What did West want? I don't know. Said he wanted to talk. Maybe he's going to offer us something. Hey, looking up can help that. Oh, Your Honor. Hello. My fault. I'm told you prevailed at appeals. What a D-bag. Yeah. And I uh, just filed our witness list. We're all set. Don't be trying to make liability with tears, Mr. Baluti. That's a friendly warning. <laughs> You've been so friendly, my cockles are overheating. Jimmy? Ready for trial. <laughs> <laughs> I'm using that. You've been so friendly, my cockles are overheating. Your threats are on record, Miguel. I may not have enough to hold you, but if Rebecca Washington so much as catches a cold, I'll send the boys. Look at me now, or you go to lockup. For? For fun. Mine. You don't go near her. You don't talk to her. Even breathe in her direction, and I'll book you on assault. And if you think I'm kidding, you're every bit as stupid as you look. You want my home doesn't address look now? that stupid. He just made a Shakespeare reference. Uncuff him. Get him out of here. She wasn't cross-examined up there. Was she? I don't get the threat. But Helen does. So, what does that mean she wasn't cross-examined? It means if anything should happen to you be between now and the trial, the DA wouldn't be able to use today's testimony as evidence against Moreno. What are you talking so, about? Tuco apparently is a hitman Prime and a lawyer. testimony isn't admissible unless it was subject to cross-examination. You'd have to testify at the trial to put Luis Moreno away. If you weren't available to testify, it's not like we could substitute today's testimony. Because I wasn't cross-examined. Basically. You think maybe they replace Jimmy with Tuco? Because he seems to know the law better. <laughs> so if I show up dead, my testimony doesn't count? 
Don't act surprised, Rebecca. They gave you I a can't warning. Prove that. But usually, defense attorneys cross-examine forever at probable cause hearings. It's free discovery. Rebecca, I'm going to assign a unit to stay with you, okay? Oh They'll park outside your house, what are you your surprised? office, like, and take you back. All right, so here's something that drives me nuts about TV and movie all the time. Everybody is so upset about having somebody there to protect them. So if you're, if you're like a... A TV show about the White House, like oh, Secret Service, God, terrible, and like what? You're gonna bring a squad car to keep me from being murdered? Oh, how dare you! Leave, let me live, me live, let me, let me live my life. Like what the hell? I know. If I watch a particularly intense Dateline, I I I would love somebody to just sit outside my house. <laughs> I don't even want to go to the bathroom by myself. I'm, I get afraid quickly. Right? Like, why is she? Why does she not want a cop? Nominated for nine okay. Academy Awards. Uh, we're back on the FX. We don't have to buffer FX. Oh, they're still showing LA Confidential. LA Confidential. Yeah. All right, here we are on the doorstep. Now you have eleven named plaintiffs, including children. So let's assume the court Where's allows Russell you to Probe add in? the other two. Yeah. That brings the number to thirteen. Now we've run He's the doing numbers. Doing a uh, time Roger Ailes testimony series on right. HBO. Right. Four hundred ninety-six thousand dollars on the trial. Why do I know that? I just do. Uh, Boston Power obviously isn't going to be thrilled with that. Shave off a hundred. I think I can make him bite. That's three nine six. That's thirty thousand dollars per plaintiff. That's it. No admission of any liability, and the settlement is to stay sealed, with the exception that you put out a release to the effect that, well, we thought it would be best to settle since we couldn't prove causation. And you listen to so my new in album. So, other words, you'll give us the money if we acknowledge we had no case. That's it. Thirty's low for cancer, especially since two of the plaintiffs are terminal. Low, but but realistic under the circumstances. I don't disagree, but for cancer and silence, silence is much more expensive. You have a number? I would at least double it. Add to that a press release that we had no case. That's a pretty big chip. We all know that. And that helps send a message to those would-be plaintiffs out there. Hey, you better forget about it. So let's just say conservatively it prevents three future lawsuits. And that The DP is of this episode is constantly moving the camera, And let's put a price tag of 400000 on each one of those trials. Sometimes it's, it's good. Three trials sometimes four, it's, it's terrible. Feels like an audition. That would be our it number. totally does. Well, I'm telling you, they won't like pay the DP's that much. Like I mean, they have no fear of being sued. All of my bag of tricks. They certainly have a fear of being sued. This press release would be Except gold. for keeping well, Helen Orange focused. Maybe, but from this one, uh, I don't know. This is the firm that took a tobacco company for one seven. You've been underestimating us from the start, Mr. West. Are you sure you want to keep doing that? I want to see Eleanor litigate more. She's really good at this. For the record, Jimmy's big cancer case, he has done literally nothing to help himself except for maybe convince that drunk guy to back Yeah, and studies. in the meantime, they just got a settlement offer. Beck, could you contact all the clients and see if they can come in? We may have an offer. You're kidding. Nothing official Bam. yet, but by the time he leaves, we'll have a number. Jimmy. Yeah, I know. The clients aren't going to want it. Fish head, what's in the drawer? What's in the drawer? It's a dead bird. Oh, God, it's the bird I've been... It's the dove I've been trying to keep alive. Dead pigeon. How could he have gotten in here? The door? A window? Okay. 
Okay, what? Go, Bobby, leave. Helen. Two cops are on their Zoot way to my house. Oh my god, look at that tie. <laughs> it's eight inches wide. Remember, you're off the Christmas card list. They're here. Look at that. Oh, great. Yeah, I know, I see it. It's Zoot Suit style. Stay here. How many He's shots they have of like Bobby like staring off intently into the distance the as the button to a scene? What do you want us to do? Here's his home address. Follow him if he jaywalks, bust him. Now we're told he carries, so you'll have to use your judgment. Am I clear? Yep. Did she just put out a hit? It felt very much that way. She said he's carrying. Excited. Keep that in mind. They've offered us a package of $995,000. That's almost a million dollars. We consider it fantastic. We still think we can wiggle it up over a million, but that's pretty much the ballpark. And that comes to roughly $76,000 per person. It's a structured deal, which means it's not all payable up front, but it's all payable within six months. Zero to a million in a week. String it out another week. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now for a few of the conditions. The deal has to be sealed. We can't talk about amount. They don't admit liability. And we have to sign a statement basically saying that we didn't want to go to trial because of the causation problems in our case. Now These they're are all looking pretty all reasonable skeptical. concessions, in my opinion. But on the practice, Keith, everybody has a conscience of gold, so that's not gonna, they're not going to be okay with it. That's right. They don't admit they were wrong? No. Wasn't that sort of the point? Keith, I, I think he finally gets his due this week. Sure. Who does? This contingency agreement. The first witness. You take one third, there, right? The first, uh, yes. Oh, yeah. Plus course. That's 995 uh, minus 330-something. We basically get 51,000, not 75. Something like that, yeah. Mm -hmm. And they don't have to admit they did anything wrong. And we have to make a statement saying we can't prove our case. I mean, <laughs> that's what, like... Uh, Sending out a message to everybody else, don't sue, you can't win, right? Well, that's one way of putting it, yes. And you get $330,000. Would that be another way to put it? Oh, snap. I beg your pardon? Good damn. I'll only speak for myself Hold on, hold here. on. It's closing time. Time to put your case to bed. It's closing time. Otherwise you're closing. Right, so this cancer cluster uh, defend or not defendant uh, plaintiff, I guess, I think gets the closing time jingle this episode. I think this deal stinks. In fact, I think it's offensive. When we came to you, did we say anything about money, Mr. Baluti? Every lawsuit is about money, Maureen. Not to me, and I don't think to the other people in this room. We're dying, Ms. Frott. My daughter has a tumor in her uterus. She's nine. It's pretty old to have a nine-year-old. If uh, one person rejects the offer, it's revoked for all. I reject it. So do I. So do I. You two are the only ones who win with this. They have terminal cancer. I mean, it's not like the money means too much. I mean, it could be good for their families, but... Still. No, totally, yeah. You make me sick. Hey. Okay, Please. so there's something that we missed in the scene, which is amazing, and 
those people who have access to watch this episode really should. Because at the 30... Uh, is it about the 37 minute mark? We're gonna see, we're gonna hear sound effects of her tapping away on a calculator to do all of this math. Pull back, there's no calculator in this scene whatsoever. No, so the sound effects designer, i.e., Sean, Sean, if you're listening, you're better than this, you would never have done this, uh, gave her the sound the click, clack, clack, clack of a calculator. <laughs> in the soundtrack but she does not have a calculator she does have a what would you call that a number cruncher a money no 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 eleanor i'm talking about the the oh, lady the lady, who, lady yeah. with cancer who who <laughs> just gave that speech oh that's funny we if you go back and watch it because you can hear her clicking away on the calculator but she doesn't have one she might have put it back in her moo. <laughs> sit down oh, Maureen. No. She has a no notebook. Other would touch this case because it's the case that like sticks. Clacks like a calculator. Did those power lines give you cancer? My bet is yes. Can we prove it in a court of law? My bet there is a resounding no. He took this case not because he was greedy, but because he felt sorry for you. And against all odds, he got you an offer like this. It's a miracle. Close to a million dollars. I am sorry, but that is as good as it's going to get. And while you certainly have the right to reject it, if you do... I'm going to recommend to Bobby Donald that we drop you as clients. We're sympathetic, but we are certainly not going to bankroll your rage. We're not asking you to bankroll our rage. We understand this is a place of business, but to sell out? My daughter just celebrated her last Christmas. And for them not to admit they're wrong. I don't care if I screw it up for everybody. There it is. That's good clothes. Great scene. She might have stole I, uh, it from either guy. I think maybe uh, you should all meet. Get Maureen. Uh, meet together. That's Patty Allison. Eleanor and me. We did that Figure scene. out what you want to do. Whose imaginary calculator makes all with Maureen on this, Jimmy. The decision that needs to be made seems to be yours. Will you continue to be our lawyer or not? If you choose to go forward, I'll be your lawyer. The grunt. I can't speak for Eleanor, but I think she'll come along too. <laughs> but I'll speak for her. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Los Angeles. I think that was probably on, B-roll, actually, for Boston. I still have stuff to do. Yeah, well, I got to go to bed, and I'm not leaving you here. Eugene. I'm not leaving Rebecca, you, you are just fright. You found a dead bird in the thing. Take the... Let them be chivalrous. Will you lock up for me? Sure. Get out. Wait, it, it could be maintenance. Get down. Somebody's at the door. Helms. Mr. Helms. Get him up. 
Why was he jiggling the door handle? He's drunk. Oh, so it's probably nice. locked. Uh, what the it's can nighttime. I do for you? Probably about as much as I can do for you. He's sauced. Mm -hmm. But I'll be sober in the morning. Thank That's you. what I tell all the ladies. <laughs> if you have any coffee, you might want to start prepping me now. I don't know, Lindsay. I mean, if he's really serious about trying this case, you should be the one to do it. How much more money can we afford to lose? You really want three lawyers on it? No. Oh, interesting little thing there. Yeah, he's talking to Lindsay on the phone while making out with Helen. And did we not just talk about work calls while making out? Yes. Wasn't there a murder charge? Want to come over? Yeah. <laughs> Didn't the last time you talked about work while naked and making out, somebody did get charged just, with murder? Did she just say, "Do you want to come over and join us?" She sure did. Wow. Eleven thirty. Better be good. So, dark hair is going to a crime scene. Did the cops kill Tuco? Helen. What happened? The brother. Officers approached him and yep. he went for his Sure weapon. did. They opened fire. Good God. Did he have a gun? He did. They said they were following at your request. Uh huh. So, so now in two Helen episodes, Helen did. and Bobby have both murdered somebody. Helen have full on put out a hit on this guy and got him killed. And she doesn't seem too broken up about justified. it. No, she's gonna get away with it. I guess that witness will sleep better now, huh? Because you murdered yeah. the guy. Okay, nothing much for me here. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow is right. Wow. <laughs> it looks like Michael Shannon. It's not, but it looks like it. He does, it? yeah. Wow. That cop just gave her a look, said, yeah, I just, I fucking killed that guy. You told me to. Slow fade. Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay, how about that? That was so, insane. Uh, last week we had our first uh, main cast member who was uh, charged with murder. This might be our first cast member who actually committed a murder. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that was insane. Right? I didn't see that coming. I mean, I, I didn't know how they were going to resolve it, but I definitely didn't see that hit thing. I mean, I heard it, but I didn't know that it was... Wow. Yeah, no, playing for keeps, huh? Okay. I've got a little more respect for Helen now. Yeah, she's she's not screwing her. Well, I mean, she is screwing around pretty much every episode. But uh, but but yeah, no, that's uh, that's really something. All right, well, you know, you know what that means. It is time to hand out some oopsies. Oopsies. Are we ready for the oopsies? God, my and first part. up. Already famous cause you've been on TV Getting a paycheck Watch first entry on your IMDB Way to go And you're the best guest actor You are the best guest actor You are the 
Okay. Who is your best guest actor? Well, Keith, it was it was a, a photo finish. A photo finish between yeah. Cancer Victim 1 and Cancer Victim 2 with the clothes. <laughs> I'm guessing you mean Ellis Williams and Patty Allison. Precisely what I mean. And I'm giving my award to... Okay. With a hell of a disgusted close, I'm going with Patty W. Allison. Patty A. <laughs> okay, yeah, well, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm with you. It gets down between the two of them, and I, I resolved to uh, give it to the uh, whoever one you didn't give, because I thought they both did really excellent yeah, they work. they both deserve recognition. They both deserve it. So, split decision. Congratulations. Ellis Williams and Patty Allison on your split oopsie. Do, do I feel that when we split them, we should call them oopsie doopsies? When one person wins it, it's an oopsie. When two people win it, it's <laughs> an oopsie daisy. An oopsie daisy. That's terrible. Boo. Okay. I boo you, sir. <laughs> okay. And- and oh wait, I, was, I did this out of order again. But you know, we're just gonna roll with it. So uh, <laughs> we'll we'll do this. Most I think, without question, for me at least, Lindsay is the most valuable lawyer. Yeah, she, she single-handedly resurrected that cancer case. Yeah. Oh no, no, for sure. I think she did. You know, she came in there like a badass. She crushed it for 30 seconds, actually made the biggest difference in that whole thing, got the settlement, which they turned down. But yeah, no, Lindsay definitely came in like a rock star and got that done. So congratulations, Lindsay, on your oopsie, which will only be referred to as an oopsie. (laughs) (laughs) And nothing else. Ever. Okay, let's do... You killed your podiatrist or blew the case But you let a single tear run down your face You're the best actor on the show This is a tough one this week. I'm going to have to eliminate some people. Bobby didn't do a goddamn thing. Right. All he did was really try to convince Rebecca to not testify in a murder case. I thought Rebecca, though, she had a lot more to do. I wasn't particularly moved in any sort of way. Um, Helen. Hitman Helen. Hitman Helen was pretty cold-blooded. I mean, she had some, she did some, there's, she had a pretty good performance. I thought Steve Harris had a great performance. I don't know, Keith, let me hear your train of thought. All right. Well, my train of thought is, I'm I'm going to give it to Lisa Gay Hamilton. Um, you know, I think she definitely. It, it's a tough uh, arc to do because you you're both um, you know having to show all of that vulnerability in the beginning, but you're trying to be professional. You're trying to be conflicted. You know, it's sort of a thankless track in a show to be the the victim who's scared. Um, but I I think she. Let me put it this way. It doesn't really stick out, but I feel like in the hands of a lesser actress, it would be bad. Mm. 
So uh, I'm so for for that reason, I'm going to give it to Lisa K. Hamilton. I think Michael B. also gave some. You know, he was written as the kind of stupid schlub again this episode, but he still kind of found a nuanced way to kind of traverse those waters. Yeah. I hate to split another oopsie. I I think we'll be fine. All right, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give it to uh, Michael Bataluccio. Okay. So, so uh, congratulations oopsie, oopsie on your Daisy, split. If you will. Oopsie. oopsie Lisa Daisy. Hamilton. Michael Bataluccio. Oopsie Daisy. No. <laughs> Boo. That's terrible. <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> Mad Keith makes another return. Oh, there it is. All right. So that was uh so that's great, which only leaves us which you know what I thought was funny we spent last episode talking about your tire mishap and never made the connection between that. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to announce how many spare tires this episode gets. Our entire podcast builds up to handing out spare tires, and you needed one, and we didn't even address it. Do you know, I had to, uh, my insurance company asked me to keep my broken rim in order to file the claim the shop there's a new york state law that says that you can't have a broken rim so i had to pay a 50 dollars surcharge in order to get my own tire wait okay so there's a law that says you can't have it but the surcharge was a bribe for them to break the law <laughs> yeah yes <laughs> So it's not a surcharge, it's a bribe. No, it's like a release fee. It's like, so that, I guess it's so that I don't sell, I don't try to repair and then sell a broken rim. Oh, I mean, I get the purpose of the law. But still, don't but I, I just own don't that? Know. Don't I own that rim? You would think. Like, if I wasn't to take it to a shop and I just took the tire off myself, who's going to charge me $50? I don't right. know what kind of racket that is. That's weird. Yeah, I... I'm not sure about that. Well, you know, uh, Tom Brady or any of the other lawyers who listen, uh, tell us what the what is the law there? That's really weird. Well, the grand total, which is what the prize for our winner. How? Wait, there's no prize because we're just giving a ranking to an episode. Anyway, do you know it came to all? It came just at under eight hundred dollars all in for this guy. Oh thing. God, that's terrible. So terrible. Yikes. Anyway, how many tires? Well, I'm giving an extra tire just for sh the sheer use of color this episode. Yeah, thank you for having color in the episode. Um, Lindsay murders a person. Helen, she sure does. Helen murders Helen does. a person. Dark hair. So there's a lot. We got a lot of Jimmy. The super zoom on Jimmy, which, oh my God, that was crazy. What the hell? So there's a lot of inconsistencies, as we generally point out. But at its core, it was a... We we made some movement on our bigger arcs, the cancer cluster, and right, right. We've saw some resolution to Helen and Bobby's relationship. I mean, it's a solid six, solid six, solid six. Yeah, I mean, I, and that's and that's with the bonus tire. Yeah, I, you know, I, I feel conflicted about this episode as you might imagine um because there's some really good stuff in there i i, I love the the boldness of having helen put out a hit sort of um that's interesting i i the the cancer case well sort of predictable predictable is satisfying we can sort of see how that's rolling um and there's some 
really good performances there. Um, however, there were just some really strange mistakes in the direction and editing of this. Um, you know, the calculator a, thing. If they had as long a gap as you expect, you feel like they would have picked up a lot of that. Well, it's it, it seems strange. It, it's like it really is like that shot with Jimmy is terrible. That's a mess. I can't believe they allowed them to do that. Uh, it feels like the director was like, oh, I'm going to do this thing and made sure not to get a safety shot without doing it. it so had they had no it. choice but to use it. And followed right um, up by that. We didn't mention it while we were walking, watching through, but followed up with that when he's about to open the letter deciding whether they won the appeal or not. There was that weird close-up shot of just Rebecca holding the letter that lasted yeah, it was, entirely too long. Yeah, that I mean that interaction was directed in like an amateur hour way, and that was and and like and the out of focus shots, and you had the thing with the calculator with the sound effects. Like it, I don't understand what happened to the editing <laughs> of this episode, which is disappointing because the show is so much better than a show that makes that kind of yeah. those kind of mistakes. Um, so you know, I also the logic of having Bobby tell Rebecca not to testify that doesn't seem consistent with the character um, stuff like that. So I, I think I have well, to well, speaking of inconsistency, we spent the entirety of last week with Helen badgering Bobby about how it's going to take her so long to get over the fact that he mixed uh, that he made a questionable moral decision. Also and, got people killed. Yes. And literally, the next week, she actively put a hit on somebody. Yeah, and she's like happily in bed with him, too. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the carnage in that re <laughs> that relationship has killed five people in two weeks. <laughs> so, and yeah, four of them being police officers. <laughs> so, yeah. It's, it it's like a full-on carnage in like, they're, that relationship. They're they are the legal body and Clyde at this point. They really are. That's crazy. I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah. So I'm going to give it a five and a half. Okay. So that brings um, us to about a five and three quarters. Like in there's, there's enough there that I, like a, a better shot, better edited version of that episode, I think would be like a good episode, mm -hmm. but it was just, it's just sort of fell apart in the execution. So there you have it. 5.75. So a, on the lower end for us. Yeah, that's definitely on the lower end for us. But we have gotten through another episode of the Out of Practice podcast. You should uh, please check us out. Leave us a rating or review on uh, iTunes or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. That'd be super, super helpful. Um, maybe we can get a lawyer on who can tell us how to do things. That'd be really helpful. Uh, you can reach us at outofpracticepodcast at gmail.com or on Facebook and Instagram at Out of Practice Podcast. We have a blogs blog thing where we rank all the episodes. <laughs> That's some really good podcasting, guys. That's some professional stuff. At outerpracticepodcast.blogspot.com. When the bumpers on your show are so much better than the show itself, <laughs> you've really set yourself up for, for disaster week in and week out. I We've crashed about 12 times. <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah. We, yeah. Yeah, no, we, we definitely... Uh, we have a good show that we're uh, we're rating. We have good bumpers, and then we're a yeah. mess <laughs> in between those two things. But you know what we haven't done, Keith? 
What's that? Killed any police officers. We have not killed anyone. So there's that. Speaking of killing people, laser sounds to you. Laser sounds, sir. Can't wait till next week! What is Wisdom of One? Wisdom of One is the story of me, the brave and powerful hero, Skankross 7 and counting. Wisdom of One, there's like all these crazy adventures that we go on. It always has something new. <laughs> this podcast has many, many personality disorders in evidence. See if you can spot them all. The one telling the story is shockingly repressed. Yet another Dungeons and Dragons comedy podcast. Interrupted by long stretches of grunting from Dagon and pointless NPC nonsense you should skip through. Sometimes it's just more fun than real life, I guess. So find us on your podcatcher of choice. Give us a listen, rate, and review us. We need your help there for sure. Wisdom of One. Failure is a way of life. Charisma of 20.